you're listening to Business in Bloom, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and self-belief business coach, Anna Dunleavy, and we'll explore topics on self-doubt, following your intuition, and why self-limiting beliefs might be holding you back. Hello, and welcome back to episode 86. My guest today is Lenise Brothers of Eat, Love, Move. Lenise is a nutritionist specialising in women's health, hormones and the menstrual cycle. We talk about the journey from full-time corporate work to jumping both feet into her business, the effects of stress on our health and how working with your cycle can help you in your business too. Let's jump straight in. Hi Lenise, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me on the show. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. So I am a nutritionist specializing in women's health hormones and the menstrual cycle. I am a yoga teacher and I have my own podcast called Period Story. Amazing. And so that's kind of, you know, implementing quite a few different things, I suppose, the nutrition stuff, the yoga teaching. I would love to hear how you came about to really do that, I guess. Yeah, so I worked in advertising for a long time, about 15 years, and I loved what I did. It was very interesting. I found it really energizing, uh, coming up with new ideas, traveling a lot, working with a wide range of clients, but towards the end of my time in advertising I was starting to feel a bit burnt out you know I was traveling between London and Paris every week going to New York going to Asia and it was just becoming a bit too much using coffee lots of coffee to wake up in the morning and then lots of red wine in the evening to unwind and in parallel I had always had a really interest a strong interest in health and well-being and I kept thinking to myself wouldn't it be interesting to do something else but at the same time it's always scary to do something new and I was so established in my field quite working at quite a senior level that it was just I just felt a bit like a pipe dream but I always knew that I was going to start my own business at some point because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Most of my family have their own business. So I knew that was going to be in my future at some point. But I got pregnant with my son and on maternity leave, the company was working the kind of new new venture into nutrition didn't work out. So my train, I did that for three years and then at the end, my boss said to me, she said, I know you've just graduated. You know, I while you're setting up your business, do you want to stay stay here and work, uh, you know, a couple of days a week? Because at that time I was working four days a week there. And I said to her, thank you so much, but I think I'm just going to, I need to just jump into this with both feet. Mm. And I did that and it was really hard in the beginning, very, very hard. You know, some people don't always have the kind of, they don't have the means to do that. They don't have kind of the, I don't want to say the guts because that's the wrong word, but it's scary. 
it's really scary. But I was lucky because I had saved a lot of money. My husband was working and is working full time. So I was able to, to spend the next year really, you know, putting everything into my business. And I have worked so hard to establish my business, establish my credibility in the space. And yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Yeah, that sounds so interesting that you obviously were given the opportunity to continue working part time. But actually, you chose not to do that. And I think that that's like you say, it's it's a brave decision, because ultimately, you are kind of you are fully committing, right? You are fully kind of saying, actually, you know, I'm committed to this and I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah, as you say, it was very, very brave. But I think that's kind of the person I am. I throughout my life, I've always done things that my friends have said in retrospect, I can't believe you did that. So like, <laughs> when I went to a university in Canada that not many of my friends went to. I moved to Japan after I graduated from university, not knowing anyone. Then I came to the UK, not knowing anyone. So I've done, always done things like that. So even though it was kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. At the time, I kind of, it, I guess that's just, part of who I am I'm not afraid to do those take those big steps make those big changes because I always think well what's the worst can happen that can happen so in that case the worst that could happen would be that I would have to go back to advertising and you know find another full-time role well you know that's in the grand scheme of things not that's not so bad yeah yeah I, I love that you kind of say that actually because often we have those fears that hold us back, right? You know, the, the kind of, and sometimes they feel very real, but actually, like you say, like what is the worst that could happen? You obviously had years of experience in the advertising industry. So it's not like you didn't have anything to fall back on should you need to um, as a kind of yeah. backup plan. So yeah, yeah, no, but I love that. I love that you just went for it. And so in hindsight, I guess, is that a decision that you are, you, you still would have, you know, if you were to do it again, you would take again? Absolutely. I'm so happy that I did. I did what I did. I'm so happy I left the industry because in the retrospect, the, where, like, the last company that I was working for full-time before I went on maternity leave, it was just so toxic. And then the way that I was working, which just wasn't, it wouldn't have been sustainable for me to actually do this, do what I wanted to do properly. And the thinking about the work that I do now where I'm able to help so many women change their health, their hormones, their menstrual cycle, and seeing the results that I achieve with my clients, I have zero regrets. Yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing, but I would... So I would love to hear a little bit more about the kind of work that you do and specifically working around hormonal balance and how, and, and I guess really my first question perhaps will be why hormonal balance and, and why is it important to you? So, you know, when I was training, my lecturers always said, you know, you, you have to specialize. 
you actually can be a jack of all trades or a drill of all trades, but you, in order to do the deep work that you need to do with people to change their health, it's always best to be able to say specialize in a particular area. So in the beginning, I thought I was going to specialize in gut health because I found I found it, and I continue to find that whole area quite fascinating because it's connected with so many different parts of our body, our mental health, our immune system, and our hormone health, amongst others. But then I started thinking about my own kind of journey with my period and my menstrual cycle and how I had made all of these different changes to have a better period because my periods from when they when I started so at the 13 my first period were always terrible so painful so heavy it was they were just a nightmare and over the years I had tried lots of different things to have a better period and I'm not saying that my period is perfect now because it isn't and you know especially over the last year the stress of the last year I know I have to admit admit last year there was a few months where I just ate tons of sweets because they were my coping mechanism this is like me as a nutritionist being really real and really honest (laughs) but um I know what it is I have to do now to have a better period and I kept thinking to myself wouldn't it be great if I could help other women have a better period and menstrual cycle? And I looked around, you know, kind of putting my marketing hat on, and I looked around and I thought there there aren't that many people specializing in this particular area. You know, you have a lot of people specializing in anxiety or, you know, weight loss or, you know, other areas of the body but periods, periods specifically in the menstrual cycle didn't seem to be an area that a lot of people were specializing in. So I thought, well, wouldn't that be interesting? And so I decided to do that. I did lots of extra training, lots of extra reading, always researching. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why I decided to specialize in hormone balance and menstrual health in particular. Yeah, and I just wanted to acknowledge and and thank you for being honest about, you know, actually using perhaps sweets or whatever it is as a coping mechanism. And the last few months that we've, you know, all lived through have been really stressful on our bodies and mental health. And and I suppose, yeah, we've all kind of dealt with it differently. And I, I'm absolutely in the same camp that I've definitely used food as a way to I don't know comfort myself I guess and that's definitely had an effect on on obviously how I've been feeling in terms of mental health and everything else but I'm curious to quickly do a detour in terms of the last year or so where we have been living under higher levels of stress I would say have you noticed that affecting your clients periods and and menstrual cycles how what, what have you noticed over the last few months absolutely there's definitely been a change in menstrual health a lot of my clients have said that their periods have become more painful or heavier or longer menstrual cycles shorter menstrual cycles shorter periods so you name it I've seen it 
Um, and it just really shows the connection between our brains and our kind of reproductive organs, like our ovaries, and shows how everyone, everything is communicating. And I think that's something that not a lot of us realize. We think, oh, it's just you know, my period is my period. But your period and your menstrual cycle, the hormones that drive drive it are connected with so many different parts of your body. So like when you're under a lot of stress, that your body says, well, actually, maybe this isn't a, the right time for the reproduction. You know, let's mm-hmm. not focus on reproduction because we've just got to focus on keeping this person alive. And that's where you see changes happening in the menstrual cycle where someone has had a really regular say 28 29 30 day menstrual cycle all of a sudden it going for to 35 days or to 25 days because that speaks to the impact that stress has on our body and if we think about our menstrual cycle not just our period but our menstrual cycle as a whole and when I say menstrual cycle I mean the first day of your period all the way through to the day before your next period. So for some people that can be 24 days, for some people that can be 35 days. But those, so menstrual cycle and your period, including ovulation, that's one of our vital signs. So we have six vital signs and when they're measured, they give us a basic indication of, of health. So our breathing rate, our heart rate, our, our temperature, and we, if we include our menstrual cycle in there, that tells us what's like, give us an idea of what's going on with our health. I'm curious whether you're able to kind of explain a little bit more about hormonal balance as a whole and why, why it's important that we actually pay attention to it because it's not something that I personally... Actually, I'm lying. I think it has been something that's been considered when I was growing up. Um, but I was raised in Poland, actually. And we it, it's quite common for women to go and see a gynecologist privately and have things like smear tests and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously kind of related to hormonal health, I suppose. So it was a consideration, but certainly not or at least I don't remember it to be, certainly not from the nutrition point of view. That was never really something that I really knew anything about. So yeah, so I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about what hormonal balance is and perhaps how can we tell if things are out of alignment? So when we talk about our hormones, we have to be really clear about which set of hormones we're talking about. Because you know, we hear a lot, and I'm sure you've heard people say, oh, well, I'm so hormonal, or my hormones are driving me crazy. But like, we have over 150 different hormones, and they guide different functions on our body. So we have hormones that, that are associated with sleep, we have hormones that are associated with hunger and satiety, so hunger, uh, sorry, hormones that are associated with mood, energy, blood pressure, digestion, all like you name it, there's a hormone associated with it. But when we talk about typically when we're talking about hormone balance, we're talking about, we're talking about a set of hormones, including 
our sex hormones, so estrogen and progesterone. And when estrogen and progesterone are out of balance, that can lead to a wide range of issues. So some of the ones that I've already talked about, heavy periods, painful periods, irregular periods, missing periods, short, short periods. And so what what you want to do is you want to kind of take a step back and not just think what's happening with my hormones is you want to say, well, what's actually happening with my menstrual cycle? So, you know, firstly, what are the basics? So how long is my menstrual cycle? How many days is my period? What's actually happening with my period? Is it heavy? Is it painful? Do I have any other symptoms associated with my menstrual cycle? So how do you feel in the week before your period? But also noticing when you ovulate, because ovulation, most of us focus on our periods, but ovulation is actually the most important part of our menstrual cycle, because that's when we produce our hormones like estrogen and progesterone. And if you're not ovulating, you're not producing progesterone. And progesterone is our hormone that is really, is really calming. So if you think about this from a business perspective, you might start to notice that, you know, there are certain times in your menstrual cycle where you're really creative, you have lots of energy, you, you're, you are more willing to take risks versus other times where it's just focusing on what you know, focusing on getting stuff done, powering through the to-do list. And that's the connection with the menstrual cycle and the effect that estrogen has on these chemicals on our brain. So neurotransmitters like dopamine, acetylcholine, serotonin, um, GABA, these different neurotransmitters that affect our memory, our mood, our cognition, our communication skills. So that's an interesting, rather than saying, how do we know if our hormones are out of balance? It's kind of taking a step back and saying, well, what's actually happening for me during my menstrual cycle? What is my menstrual cycle looking like? How do I feel throughout it? And then overlaying on top of that, well, how do I want to feel and what do I need to change? Yeah, and I guess that is where menstrual cycle tracking comes in because it allows us to kind of take that step back and actually kind of really record and, and, and start to notice patterns, I guess, as well. Absolutely. You know, from a business perspective, you're able to say, well, you know, I know that a couple of days before my period, I'm really tired and I don't have as much energy as I do, say, a week, a week and a half before. So I will try not to um, schedule big meetings then or big presentations. Equally, you might say that actually, I know that when I'm ovulating, I have a, a ton of energy. My communication skills are on point. I can negotiate really well. So that's when I'm going to negotiate a a new price with one of my vendors or something like that so that's where you that tracking is really valuable from a business perspective yeah I I've been kind of tracking on and off for some time but I recently 
like none of the trackers that I'd been using were kind of working for me. So I ended up creating my own and I've been kind of using it for a couple of months now. But already I can notice some patterns that I wasn't aware of like previously, even around like kind of mood changes and that kind of stuff, particularly around certain days where perhaps normally I think had you had I not been tracking, had I not been writing it down, I think I wouldn't have been able to make that comparison and and, and spot the pattern, I guess. So that's been really helpful. Has that changed? Has that changed anything for you in terms of what you would schedule in on those particular days where you have noticed the mood changes? Yeah, I I try and be mindful of it. I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm amazing at making sure I plan ahead. A lot of the time, when you know appointments come in, they they come in into my diary, and I, I don't quite make the very conscious kind of decision to maybe block days out. But that is something that I would like to kind of work towards because I think it will make a massive difference, particularly around you know when I do well more than anything actually in the lead up to my period I'm often quite it I kind of prefer to go more inward and I, I'm a lot less social so I think that would be a good time to perhaps minimize those appointments for so yeah it's definitely something that I kind of want to be more mindful of yeah I think that it's so valuable when you know I just speaking from a personal perspective I you know I'm not perfect at this and you know, like, for example, now I am on day three of my period and I know that kind of I'm not feeling like my best. So, you know, probably not the best day to record a podcast, but you kind of have to just go with the flow. So this morning I took things a bit slower. I, you know, I'm not going to over schedule my day because I know that I am, I do have my period. So, it's not the time for me to go kind of all out versus next week where I'm getting closer to ovulation. You know, that's the time where I might schedule in, schedule in a bit more, but also really, I like the idea. And this is what I talk to my clients about. I'm thinking about my energy, like a finite resource. So the temptation around ovulation or the run up to ovulation is to kind of, you have so much energy, you feel like you can conquer the world. So you're going to do everything. But if you kind of think, well, actually, if I pull back a little bit, I will actually have more energy towards the end of my cycle and during my period when I actually need it more. Yeah, it's something that I actually um, recognized that I was doing. And so I would feel like maybe even on like as soon as maybe day three day four hits I would have more of a surge of energy so I would kind of almost run out of the gate so to speak and yeah I'd, I'd feel better so I'd, I'd get or plan and schedule lots of things in but then actually what was happening for me was when it would come to ovulation I would have a sudden dip in energy and sometimes actually and so instead of you know perhaps what I was expecting expecting to feel a little bit more energetic actually I was having a dip and I think at least I'm assuming I don't know for certain that it, it it's because I'm not kind of essentially pacing myself I'm kind of yeah trying to do all the things at the same time and and not really paying attention to that energy yeah like you say kind of that uh, capacity I guess I think it's really interesting because you know this is a business podcast so thinking 
applying this to how we run our businesses, we get, you know, when you go into business, there's this kind of hustle, 24-7 hustle, grind culture, where, you know, you're, tr- you're, you're, you're kind of expected to work all hours of the day. If you're not working, if you're not hustling, then, you know, what are you doing? But actually, the shift to more of a wider cycle where you're considering however long your menstrual cycle is, whether it's 24, 35, however day, many days, and considering that cycle and working towards that cycle is actually more valuable and more be- beneficial than working on a kind of 24-hour cycle, which is more, it's a, it's a very masculine cycle. Mm-hmm. Because if we think about men and thinking about their, their like testosterone cycle in particular, they work on a 24-hour cycle. So testosterone for in men is higher in the morning and then it declines throughout the day. And so that's a kind of like 24-hour cycles, whereas women, our cycles are different. And so it's starting to shift towards that sort of longer cycle is may feel harder in the beginning, but it actually is more, more worthwhile because you have different skills that will come to the forefront at different times in your cycle. So actually it can, you can plan your day and you can plan your work better. And in the, in the long term, it's actually more beneficial for your business. Yeah, because I think you actually end up in the long run with more energy or perhaps more energy in, in certain times of the cycle where you're able to get a little bit more done, perhaps. It's utilizing that energy then quite well, isn't it? Rather than trying to, like you say, kind of grind 24-7. It's, it's not how we've been designed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it can be quite a shift because if you look at what, you know, some of the you know, memes you might see on Instagram where it's kind of like pushing like that kind of you know yeah yes it's more been more about self-care in the last couple of years but I still see that kind of like you know push 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 sort of culture it can feel countercultural, certainly in the beginning to work like this yeah I can definitely relate to that and I think I think that's what makes the shift quite difficult it's it's getting used to a just a completely new way of working and I think there's a perhaps at least for me there is there are certain kind of emotions associated with or feelings associated with you know taking it easy in certain times of the cycle and you think should I be doing more and there's this kind of almost guilt at the back of your mind because you're perhaps not doing quite as much as you normally or have been used to doing so yeah so so there's there's lots going on I think that we have to be mindful of yeah absolutely how can we support ourselves to create hormonal balance and what are the kind of key things that we should be mindful of you know maybe in terms of kind of the way we work but also just yeah from the more of a nutrition and and exercise point of view yeah so so what I talked about earlier in terms of you know, thinking, not thinking about hormone balance, but in ter- thinking about your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. is a, the way I prefer to think about it because hormone balance, it has such a broad meaning. It could mean, I could talk about balancing my hormones, but I could be talking about my hunger hormones, or it could be talking about 
my my melatonin and my cortisol so in the way that most people are thinking about it I, I I think it's more valuable to track your menstrual cycle look at what's happening for you right now and then things that you can do nutritionally to change your menstrual health well it's always good it's always good to go back to basics so you know how often are you eating are you one of those people that is like oh I forgot to eat or I'm too busy to eat because that's really stressful for the body and you know at the beginning of the talk, this podcast we talked about the impact of stress on a menstrual cycle and not eating enough is a stressor on the body and it can exacerbate any issues that you have with your menstrual health so making sure that you're eating, making sure that you're not just having a coffee for breakfast, you're actually having coffee plus something else to actually to eat because coffee, having coffee first thing without eating, that has that increases your cortisol, which is one of your primary stress hormones. And that has an impact on, um, on menstrual health. And then, you know, making sure that you're doing things like eating enough, eating enough protein at each meal, eating enough fat. So those healthy fats, like not seeds, avocado, olive oil, those are really important for, for making sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone, because they're made up of fats. So we need to eat fat to make, make these hormones. And then making, making sure you're eating enough greens and fiber because we need the fiber supports our gut health and when we have good gut health there's a connection with our hormone health so there's a whole area of our gut that actually is is um, used to break down estrogen when our body has used it and then all that fiber all those greens they help keep us regular and regular bowel movements means that your body is able to eliminate all the estrogen and the other hormones that it, that it has used. And if you're not having a bowel movement every day, at least once a day, that increases the potential for your body to recycle the hormones that it has used. And that, that can exacerbate issues with menstrual health. And then from an exercise perspective, this is really interesting because, you know, again, it's this idea that you were supposed to be exercising the same way throughout our menstrual cycle. And in fact, that you have to think about your, you have to connect it with your energy. There will be times in your cycle where your just energy is, is not as high as it is, say, when you're ovulating. So it's not the time to push yourself in the gym. Certainly during your period, that is the time to kind of ease back a little bit and not expect that you're going to be able to lift as hard or push yourself as hard thinking about hormones so when after we finish our periods testosterone it starts to rise so in the time between your period ends and then you when you ovulate if weight so putting on muscle mass so building muscle is part of your, was one of your goals, then that's a great time to do it because that testosterone means that we're actually able to put 
increase our muscle mass. And that's actually really important for women in general because after the age of 30, we lose between three to 8% of muscle mass each year. And muscle mass is really important because it, it the muscle has so many different functions in our body. Whereas after you ovulate, that's a time where endurance training might be a bit easier because of the rise of progesterone. So that's a few things that you can do and you can think about when it comes to layering on nutrition and exercise into your menstrual cycle awareness. I think what you're saying about the different types of exercises that are kind of best depending on where you are in your cycle, I think at least for me, it kind of goes against all of the advice that or all of the things that I've you know have been reading for you know years I guess or or the kind of information I've been exposed to because any exercise program any yeah any kind of form of training is usually you know requires you to train consistently over a you know number of days in the week and then building on that each week and there isn't any time kind of scheduled for you know the time where perhaps you are on your period and actually that's a time where you should be resting more and doing a lot more kind of gentle exercise rather than things like endurance or, you know, lifting heavy weights. So I feel like, yeah, I think that's really missing in terms of like the, you know, mainstream um, information, I guess. Yeah. And what's really interesting is, so Jessica Ennis Hill, the, the triathlete, she has, she has an app now, I think it's called Janice. And they've just released a part of the app that layer layers on menstrual cycle awareness in terms of exercise and fitness. And it's really interesting because, you know, she's obviously got a really big platform. So I think it's really important for this information to start to go into the mainstream. So you have like, it's starting to trickle down to personal trainers in the gym who then are more aware that, you know, there are certain times in their client cycles where they're not going to be able to lift as heavy or lift as much as they did say in the previous week but that's absolutely fine I just think it's perhaps uh, at least up until now I don't, I don't think it's been quite utilized as much uh, as it could be so yeah so I think it's it's just raising that awareness for you know coaches and, and trainers but also just the people that are you know exercising on a regular basis I guess yeah absolutely yeah so as we are coming to the end of the interview if there was one tip you could give your younger self what would it be oh that's such a great question so I would say trust yourself more don't feel like you know you need to always you know to elicit the opinions of others before you know feeling validated in your point of view you you know trust trust your gut feeling trust yourself you know what you're doing and also you know be a little bit more confident because you your opinions matter you matter yeah I love that it's yeah it's been a theme that's been kind of coming up for me but also kind of in the conversations that I've been having on the podcast around yeah really kind of trusting ourselves more and perhaps I guess it links to, you know, even actually if we were to look at it from the menstrual cycle point of view, you are, 
if you are, you know, tracking it and, and looking at what's happening for you and your body, it is a way of kind of trusting yourself, isn't it? And then a way of kind of really just seeing what's going on for you rather than looking externally for, you know, what is the average cycle kind of length or anything like that, because we are ultimately all different. And whilst there will be averages and, and kind of, you know, generalized information, I guess, it's about getting to know ourselves as well, isn't it? Absolutely. There is even like what the whole idea of confidence and the menstrual cycle, knowing that there might be times where you have a little bit more self-criticism and knowing that there are times in your cycle where that might come up for you and being able to address those kind of voices in your head that say you're not good enough or that idea is rubbish and be able to say, well, actually, that's not true. And I know why this is coming up for me is really valuable because they can be a big stumbling block for a lot of us. Yeah, it's actually something that I was going to mention earlier is having tracked my cycle and, and started to understand, you know, I guess how my body works in a sense, you know, and, and the things that are normal for me. It's allowed me to meet those days where I'm perhaps more self-critical with a lot more compassion or even the days where I perhaps have a lot less energy and and sometimes again you know it's kind of a cultural thing but we often expect a lot of ourselves right and and so actually having that understanding is allows us to kind of bring a lot more compassion to it I think a hundred percent I completely agree yeah amazing thank you so much for your time today where can people find you so they can find me on my website is www.eatlovemove.com on instagram it's at eatlovemove and on facebook it's eatlovemove nutrition my podcast is available on all all podcast platforms it's called period story and you can also find you'll be able to find my book in bookstores next March oh that's really exciting I didn't know you were writing a book yeah yeah so I said finished I finished the manuscript last uh, Monday and now I'm kind of I'm just in edit mode amazing well congratulations I'll be keeping an eye out when when that uh, lands in the bookstores thank you (laughs) amazing thanks so much thank you